0: Welcome to the Michelle Miao Show, your A through Z, covering the LGBT, LMNOP, and everyone in between. Happy API Heritage Month. And for those who don't know, it's Asian Pacific Islander. I'm super excited, super happy that we're ending the month celebrating, celebrating who we are, celebrating our culture. And so it is meaningful that I'm doing this with a couple successful Lao American women let me introduce you to my new friends, my wonderful guests, Ali Bua Savati and Polly Utai. Polly, Ali, buddy. Savati, yay. Hi, you know, this is actually the second show in history in which, um, you know, we're being very specific about Lao heritage, Lao culture, uh, and celebrating who we are here on the Commonwealth Club and the Michelle Miao show. So I'm very honored to have you both with us. Let's start out by talking about, you know, our journey, because I think that we need to do a whole lot more. Uh, I know that in recent news, at least, we ta- when we talk about Laos, we oftentimes reference it in a very political way. And I'm talking about the country. Uh, but I think that, you know, as far as American history, we are very much we are very much a part of Lao American history or American history to be specific. So we'll start with Polly. Talk to us about, you know, where you grew up, where you were born, and Laos, you know, the, the, the native country in, in which you were born, what it meant to you.
1: Yes. Thank you so much, Michelle, for uh, having us today. It is a great honor. Um, so I was born in Laos, and um, the name of the little town is called Ban uh, Ban Sombang is a little small town has a lot of rice field um I was born there and um it's been thirty plus years now since i've seen my birthplace so uh, i missed I missed that and I know one of these days I will get to go and see my birthplace very soon
2: Allie. um same place believe it or not <laughs> uh Polly is my sister. Uh, she's only a year older. Same parents. So we were born, same same city, um, Bansumban. That's saying Salakam Sai Saifong. That's what mom said. Um, yep, that's where we were born. Um
0: sisters, I miss I miss that. Um, you know, that you're both sisters and uh that is so awesome. Let's go into you know the journey to America, which For many of us, and even for myself, you know, I was born here in the States, but hearing my mom talk about coming to America is always incredibly emotional. And so, let's hear your story and the journey to America. We'll start with Polly.
1: Thank you. So, 34 years ago, um, mom uh, waited long enough for dad. Uh, Dad was being captured or uh, being in a confined camp. Um, he was uh, he was basically taken away from the family. As um, when baby sister was only a month old, uh, mom waited ten plus years for her husband to come back to be released, to come back to the family. Um, to the point where, you know, she could no longer wait because she liquidated her assets. Um, there was no more uh, money to feed her kids. Um, then she decided to go ahead, um, move all of us, um, making a plan to leave the country in the middle of the night um, To in an effort of... Uh, you know, leaving poverty behind, right? And uh, during that time, obviously, when the government found out that you were leaving, um, they would also wanted to make sure that they make every effort to stop you. Uh, If it means, you know, to, uh, unfortunately, the word is what, you know, I mean, kill you, uh, they would do that as well. But uh, my family, uh, mom, and uh, four of us, left in the middle of the night. I remember, Ali. mom said uh, something that along this line by uh, saying <laughs> that uh, because I, I have known to be the one that is asking a lot of questions. I have extra words. So I kept asking mom, mom, where are you taking us, right? Where are you taking us? Where are we going? And I remember quite well uh, when she said, stop asking, I am going to take you to a better place. So now stop asking. So that was, that was her word to us from yeah. that point on.
2: From, from what I remember, though, Mom said, um, we are going to visit the cousins, you know, in Thailand. We're going to get on the boat, and then we're going to go. Um, that's it, uh, just to go and visit. That's, that's, what, she, that's what I remember, um, and we didn't know that that was the whole plan to again come to the U.S. Um, that's what but, I got. You know, I remember.
0: Yeah. Do you remember anything about the actual travel here? Um, you know, was it comfortable? I think, like, even like my cousin you know, who was also young when when uh, they came, remembers the first thing that she got to eat, which was an apple and uh and it was in you know on the plane here and she kept the apple because it was so significant never had an apple before it was very symbolic of america yeah. and so she didn't even know that you know holding on to the apple was gonna rot So <laughs> she, she didn't eat the apple she she <laughs> held on to it until it rotted oh my um, God, yeah awesome. do you do you recall at all like what the the journey was like actually coming here
2: um Believe me, let me answer that. I can relate to the apple, okay? I remember when we came and then um, our um, grandmother and our aunt sponsored us, right? So we, uh, um, when we first came, we landed in Arkansas. I remember my grandmother or my aunt bought a bag of apple and then some soda. It was, I believe it was Sprite. It was amazing. It was so tasty. It was so, so good. I ate so much apple and so much of um, the the soda. It was it super extra treats, you know, because we didn't get that <laughs> when we were in Laos, right, Polly? I still remember. I remember the taste of the apple. It was so delicious. I remember tasting the, the soda. It was so um, sweet, you know, just just wonderful taste.
1: <laughs> I yeah leave. I have to tell you the first time that I tasted apple because one of our uh, second or third cousin back in our country traveled internationally with his business, so when he came back home, he brought extra apples that he had from you know from the trip and um I remember the first time that he peeled that and then allow us to try that, and it was like an amazing taste that you wanted to get more of that, right? And uh, and then, of course, the second time, Allie, like you said, when we landed um, Arkansas, um, I still remember the very first day our grandma and our auntie took us to grocery store. It was really mesmerizing to see all the apples line up on a shell All other grapes Line up on a shell Right We were like What is this What kind of place Is this Right Back in our country If we wanted anything Like that We have to go to the farm we have to go get them, you know what I mean? Or that go to somebody's backyard. So that was the first impression as an innocent child at age of, you know, 14 or 15 that we came to the country. And we felt very, very um, privileged to be able to have access to, you know, the fruit stand that we could just go there and grab them. That was amazing.
2: Food was my, my, um, my first um, happiness. <laughs> to the supermarket it was oh my gosh food everywhere you know uh you know back at home we were not to have that convenience or that easy access you know we it's hard to even have you know two meals a day right Polly so I I I food what was was my thing
1: mm-hmm. that's yeah. right Like Back in our country, you know, the whole chicken uh, lasted a whole month. But here in the U.S., you can eat the whole chicken in one day. So today we still share that with our children. And we said, you guys, you know, the life that we are here in the U.S., you know, we waste uh, more food um, than we should. Right. You know, back in our country, one chicken thigh, that's going to take care of the whole family. You see, so
2: hit, uh, was it like the, the hit all right. All uh, a lot of vegetables. I remember hit um, the, the eggs, the bon, bon kai right. You have a lot of eggplants, a lot of stuff. So it's like, you know, you have maybe two eggs, you know, I remember that. Yep. And coming over here, I remember when we were at the airport, I remember this coming from, you know, at the airport and then waiting for my um, aunt and my um, grandmother to pick us mm-hmm. up. Seeing American for the first time America, Americans for the first time I was like oh my gosh, everybody is so big, tall everybody is the same Like everybody looks the same um, just big, tall uh, you know big people <laughs> and I felt like I was so small <laughs> We were like 13, 14, 15 right Polly, um, around that age when we first came Yeah. I couldn't, I, I never forget that, that one. Yeah. And the people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what it was like to grow up in Arkansas. I mean, you know, you're basically teenagers and then having to be thrown into middle school practically, or is that, is that high school, you know, like, you know, right away. um, What was the environment like? The first time I went to Arkansas, I just remember, the Confederate flags, to be honest. Uh, So, yeah, I'm interested to know. I mean, did you experience racism? Did you experience people who told you to go back to your own country? You know, things like that.
1: I, I, I'll get started on that, Ali. So um, it's everything that you said, you know what I mean? Go back to your country if you cannot speak uh, English, right? So we hear that quite often. And um, we landed Arkansas for a few months. And then after that, my mom, uh, my father, or our father family side already live in Massachusetts. So then they said, hey, there's a better opportunity here. Why don't you just go ahead, bring your kids over here? So shortly after that, we moved to live in a small town that is called Southbridge, Massachusetts. Um, So from there, uh, that's when we started school. Uh, Two younger siblings uh, started uh, middle school. Um, Allie and I here started high school. So uh you know to start school uh, with very little to no English at all you can imagine being a teenager it's already a struggle there's a lot of peer pressure already uh, as a teenager right on top of that is you don't know how to communicate so it was terrifying of course you know our <laughs> you know kids are always going to be kids right they teach you the first few of those words they said these are good words, you should use them right, but they were they were not they were not. Somebody else had to tell us that when we used those words that were supposed to be good words and we were corrected immediately, um, so we had to enroll in um, in uh, what they call e s l right English as a second language um, I mean you know from there uh, from there, we make adjustments, obviously. How about you, Ali? What experience did you have?
2: I remember um, going to school. I I knew the word, you know, I love you, thank you, how are you? We were um, learning just a little, right? I'm hungry, you know, know these words, where's the restroom? Um, Yeah, friends, of course, you know, they were saying a lot of things that I didn't understand, and they got frustrated. Uh, I was like 14 or 15. Um, they teach you how to use middle fingers, all these fingers. I have no idea what that means, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, um, yeah, the comments such as, oh, you know, everybody's coming from China, so you're Chinese. Uh, they don't know the difference. There's <laughs> um, like, you're Chinese, you know, you go back to your country, you know, things like that. And I ended up explaining or telling them I'm from Laos. And they're like, where, right? I have to say next to Thailand. When I say Laos is next to Thailand, they said, oh, okay, Thailand. They know where Thailand is. Laos is like, how big is it on a map, world map, Uh, right? Very tiny. And for me, learning English is, it was very, very hard. I remember, um, Taking, this is the first freshman uh, year. Um, I passed all the classes. I A's on the math and all of that. The only class that I didn't pass was science, a lot of words. Um, I wish I saved all those textbooks. I wrote every letter, every word in English, it was translated in Laos. Like I would write that down. And almost when you look at my, my, my book, you've got nothing but just a lot of writing in Laos, translating every single word. To the point where i ran out of room on the page i i have a a notebook that i write my own dictionary i i think i had finished one book and then you know because i use all the pages and then the second book nothing but the the, my own english uh dictionary um in in laos um i remember that of course you know my first uh uh, freshman year in high school i didn't pass um, science so i went to um, summer school and to be able to go to the 10th grade, you know, from there the next year. So it, it was it was a lot of uh, adjustments. It was fun also, um, just to be able to... We love learning, right, Polly? We, we learn a lot. And what makes it very um, comfortable is to have my sister with me. Uh, we were in, in the same school just same everything until she got married. That's when she moved out. But otherwise we were like pretty much together. I didn't have any friends. Uh, just she's my best friend, my sister.
0: Like, <laughs> it's I mean, you, you yeah. the same, the same with, with my yeah. siblings. I mean, there's five of us. So we're and we're, you know, very close in age. We're like each other's best friends for sure. Um, yeah. Going back to, you know, what your, your, your mom promised you, you know, we're just going to a better place. And, you know, share some stories about the moment in which you truly understood what that meant, that you, you really felt like you were at a better place and that you know, this country is great.
2: Go ahead, Todd. You're on mute.
1: The way I would describe that feeling when she said, you know, stop asking too many questions, I'm taking you to a better place. Um, And evidently she meant that because back in our country, we were so poor. Again, you know, I mean, we were fortunate uh, Mm -hmm. if we Mm -hmm. had meat in a meal, right? Many times that mom basically disguised herself to be a male to go in the middle not in the middle in the early morning at 4 or 5 a.m. uh to go and meet the group of guys who basically butcher a cow uh so he discuss- she described herself basically to be a male riding that bicycle riding that bicycle, you know, to to the field uh, where, you know, they're, they're getting the cow meat. She was there to give them helping hands, uh, helping them to clean up. And in exchange, sometimes they'll give her like a piece of meat. Sometimes they'll give her like, you know, the cow bones so that she can bring them home to the family. Right. So, you know, When she said that she promised us, you know, a better place and, you know, by the time we left our country, again, you know, kind of uh, speaking backward at this point, that, you know, we uh, escaped in the middle of Mm -hmm. the night and then we landed uh, our, we landed Thai to Nepal. Uh, refugee camp there, so we stayed there for a few years until all the uh, you know proper uh, paperwork was filed. Then we landed the U.S. Right, so the first time when we see you know how how the you know United States or that when we when we went to grocery store first time, again we were mesmerized by uh, the wealth of everything, right? You want chicken that goes to chicken in a bin. You want uh, fish that goes to fish in a bin, right? So that was the first time that we experienced uh, life luxury, to be quite frank, um, because, you know, we didn't know what it was to have, uh, you know, more than one fish in yeah. our meal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, and I looked at it from the perspective. And I think for me, like, going to school, even though I was born here, right? But my dad died when I was just so young. And so everything just felt so hard. Uh, but I thought uh, when I got to go to school, that that was like freedom for me. That was like a place where I was going to be some somewhere, someone great. Um, so maybe, Allie, you know, the question is is for you in in going to school, not giving up, even if you faced all these, you know, challenges at the time as a young person, it might have felt like, this is so hard, I can't pass science and, you know, I'm taking ESL classes. Um, that moment of, you know, truly like understanding that, that that there is an opportunity for me to overcome all of my challenges.
2: Um, I'm gonna add, you know, to what, what Polly said. I, I was really um, doing a lot of activities with my mom um, when she said, you know, to bring us to a better place, right? Coming to a better country, um, to have a better life. Uh, she meant that. I remember um, going to into countryside, exchanging. We would buy like rice, um, in, uh, put in a little bag of rice, and we would in exchange or trade for um, um, frogs. Don't ask what frogs, vegetables, beef, uh, meat, you name it. Um, it, it was it was uh, it was very hard, but at the same time, it was fun. I was small, so I didn't really um, pay attention to it. Now, thinking back, it's like wow, I did all of that, you know, with mom. Mom was tough, okay, very tough. Um, so, coming back to the the school piece of it, from um, our mom and dad, um, mom was a French teacher in our country, um, teaching college, um, you know, students. Um, dad was a colonel um, they always tell us to go to school right Holly it's about you know go to school at this age you know, just go to school and learn get a degree and then have a career and a family and you know you'll have a, a, a better life so for me it, it's like I just don't I do just that I don't go out of you know (laughs) the page right when they said just do this and that's what we do um i didn't i was not um discouraged but it was like oh wow yeah no wonder because that's it's a lot science is 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 my worst topic subject i have no idea but a lot of reading um and again i was not uh discouraged of of any way Um, But just continue going. Oh, I'm I'm supposed to go to school. Mom said go to school. Don't worry about anything else. Just go to school. So that's all that we did.
0: I can relate. I can absolutely relate to that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to, you know, ask about, um, what about like other Lao kids or Lao Americans uh, when you got here? Did you seek them out? Did you want, you know, try to find other Lao Americans um, to connect with?
2: Let let me um, address that. For me personally, Polly, I don't know about Holly because when we came, uh, when we uh, came, we in in high school um, in Massachusetts, we have cousins there. Uh, they were already here, so English was there. They were already speaking English. Um, I don't remember reaching out. Believe it or not, I was. Which is more like just Polly and I. We were in the same class, same topic, Saying We had a dancing class together, all of that too. So we exchange information. We're just studying together, right, Polly? I don't remember reaching out to any one of our cousins who say, hey, I need help on this topic. I need help on here. Um, because we were in the ESL class, so therefore, we're at a lower level. Um, mm. I'm not sure Polly will remember anything else.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, where we landed in little small town, Southbridge, Massachusetts, um, we have some cousins there, as, uh, Allie alluded to, um, was she and I are a year apart. Exactly one year and three days. Three days one year and three days to be exact and that she has been my everything. She's my world. She's my, you know, best friend and she's my, um, I feel like she is everything to me that I do not need to seek anybody else outside of that. Mm -hmm. Um, although we have our first cousins, uh, in Massachusetts that, um, that are there in town. um, I guess it was kind of a a strange adjustment, you know, for them because we do not speak English. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, with the communication, obviously kids are going to be kids. So if they don't understand you, then they don't want to be around you, right? So I, you know, I I stick with Ali. I stick with our siblings, um, you know, home, school, and then, when we're old enough, then of course, you know, we go to work. But our cousins are always there. Um, I guess we're just growing yeah. up
0: yeah. Um, in different times. Well, we'll talk about, you know, just kind of also your, your journey into growing up and becoming Lao American, you know, women who are giving back to their community, supporting the Lao American community. Um, and you both are so close and you're such good best friends and great sisters that you decided to launch a business together? <laughs> because I'll tell you, you know, even business partners will say, never, don't ever go into business with your family. But you both have built a, a successful business together, which I will say I'm super honored and proud to have the support of First Financial Services. So let's talk about, like, that moment where – you know you 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 both decided like let's do this and and uh and what that was like and especially to go into you know financial services it it, it could be great and then it it could be hard and then it could be harder and then it could be great again
1: yes i i'll start off with the with the with this here and then ali can you know uh add more stories to that. Um, my background, I came from 18 years mortgage and finance. Um, and then of course, you know, Ali background is 23 years in accounting. So when we started looking at, you know, is this where we want to in our career? with uh, with just sometimes just a cubicle. Sometimes it's just a small office and sometimes it's just a small team, right? Um Have we done everything already in our lives today that, you know, when it's our time to go, then we would be happy with, you know, building legacy? So when we started looking at, you know, what can we do uh, to earn income as well as being able to help other people? financial education and financial services, obviously, you know, it's always been men's game, right? Uh, You know, for women to come to this side of the industry, clearly it's intimidating. But what I find that is very rewarding is that this is the only uh, career Uh, only job that is a noble, uh, noble job. And I say that because not only that we earn good money, but we get to help other people, impact other people in a most powerful way where we spend uh, 90 to 95% of our time educating our own community what it is like uh, to not plan, and what is what it is like to plan so coming from you know dad was colonel and mom was a french teacher and i think both of us right ali that we have teaching blood in us mm. so you know teaching you know sharing information uh, you know that is what we are what we what we love to do and and you know i i i always know that about me that i like to um to educate, you know, um, or, or share information as far as, you know, what we know, what's relevant out there, right? You know, we are continue being a student of the universe is what I call. So being able to uh, come to the financial uh, services side, um, we are also able to help our community um, through, you know, on, on the financial illiterate, Right. Uh, way back home, we did not need it. But here in a, in the U.S., you need to have some basic fundamental knowledge so that, you know, you will not be generational poor, right? So, I mean, it's important to build generational wealth. Our parents were able to do that back home, right, through rice farm, okay, through livestock, right? through building, you know, their own home with their own hands. Right. But here in this country, we're talking about, you know, what can we do to build wealth and build legacy uh, with the lifestyle that we have here in the U S so that, you know, I'm sure, you know, Ali has uh, uh, more to add to that.
2: Yeah. um, I remember that. Yeah. Polly. And, you know, Polly and I, like I said, we're only a year apart and we're always together. It's a togetherness. Every, Everything, anything we do, even right now, we have never been apart. We never leave far away from each other. <laughs> it's always together. So we um, started a restaurant together, right, Polly? It was 2006 and then we sold it 2011. Um, we ran the, the restaurant together. Um, during that time, we were still working in a corporate um, as well. Um, just continue, you know, we want to do something more. We want to do something extra all the time. We, we want to be able to always, Polly and I, we always have this thought of what is it that can we do more? You know, what is it that we can do for other people? Um, and what about for our family, Right um, always explore. So then during the time that we were still working in a corporate, um, world, I was with, um, a a company, um, Snyder's Lance crackers, pretzel, Pringles company. I was an accountant there. Um, I started 1998 and I left 2017, almost 20 years with them. Um, of course, during 2014, that's when, um, the financial services opportunity, you know, uh, uh, Knocked on my door and just to say, "Hey, take a look at this," and and I thought, you know what, what do you have to lose? You know, I want to test it out. I want to take a look at it. During that time, two thousand fourteen, I started my tax business too, uh, one tax and services. Um, growing up, when I was in high school up until in college time. I was doing a lot of taxes. Everything is taxes, you know, working for, (laughs) doing taxes at the company. Um, I volunteered to do taxes for senior homes, at schools, um, friends, families. The next thing you know, I feel like, you know what? You guys, you guys are pushing me to do this thing. I'm going to start charging people. So then I opened my tax business. (laughs) That's how it started for me. That's 2014 at the same time. Um, the financial services was, you know, coming along on that side too, and I thought they really complement each other. I want to test it out. I want to take a look at it. Um, it's it's legit. It's not like I'm selling oranges and apples. I need to take the exam, pass the state exam, provide the financial services. I'm all about that already. So ever since um, I checked, it, I started. I take a look in. I took a chance to take a look into it. Um, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's big. Therefore, I, um, you know, came back and said, Polly, we need to be in this together. This is what, (laughs) test drive this, let's do this together. Right. And that's how it started for, for both of us. So we have not looked back. Um, we have been, uh, here ever since.
0: That's awesome. I won't ask about, you know, the, maybe any inside stuff they wouldn't want to share, maybe a, a moment in which you just wanted to not be around each other. We'll, we'll say that for another show. But you bring up, you know, some very interesting points. I mean, just being immigrants, being women, um, being part of like a minority group, but being driven and shooting for success. Now we're in this pandemic. We're in a situation where it feels extremely scary Uh, When you start thinking about like even financials, right, and the economy, over 30 million people in America uh, are jobless at this time. What kind of advice, suggestions, recommendations, or even, um, you know, just your own insight would you have for people today who are feeling a little hopeless, who are, you know, hopeless, who are going through really rough times? Um, And trying to have to pivot to this pandemic, whether that's starting all over, learning a new career path, or uh, learning to understand, you know, money and how money works in this country.
1: Uh, What I will say that is hopeful is that, you know, um, when you're talking to financial advisors, uh, normally, uh, you know, those advisors are chasing after the people that are already making it to the top, right? But there's so many that are the untouched community, um, underserved community that deserve to have this conversation as well. When you're talking about giving hopes, you know, Giving, giving, you know, um, hopes in the uh, pandemic environment is that when you're when you're breaking it down, looking at uh, people, uh, financial concern. People in general, they have three major financial concern, right? That's including us too. So the three major financial concerns are one that premature death. If something happened to me today and I don't make it home, will my family be financially okay because, uh, you know, are they going to have to downside their lifestyle, right? Um, Will the bills continue, you know, getting paid, right? Will my children be able to go on with their dream college, right? So that premature death, so we talk to them about that. And then the second part of that is the becoming ill part. So the becoming ill part is also very critical, and it's worse than than death, right? So our ability to really earn the income uh, right now is our biggest asset. That one day that we can no longer work, our dreams are being placed on hold. So what is that conversation like when we're having with them during this, you know, pandemic uh, crisis, right? So bringing that financial security and peace of mind uh, is really all going to vary from one person to the next. We're focusing on what's really keeping them up at nighttime. And that is, you know, my bills are not going to cover it. And then, you know, if something happened to me, uh, my family, you know, will have to downside their lifestyle. Right. And then the third piece of that is really people just don't save enough. So if people don't save enough, then they may outlive their retirement. So how do we have a conversation with our clients during this pandemic is taking it one step at a time. Taking it one step at a time in terms of, okay, you know, they're concerned that, you know, with this pandemic, that if they happen to have, you know, to catch this virus, then they may not be able to come out to see their family, right? So then we bring that peace of mind by giving them that simple piece of solution, which is the life insurance piece, right? And then, of course, you know, part of, that, part of that life insurance piece now is known as a modern day type of life insurance, where when they become ill, they can also use that life insurance policy first, which is an accelerated benefit rider. So in, in every step of the way, obviously, financial planning is not one size fits all. It is all about what is it that they're looking for, what's keeping them up at night. Are they on, you know, the right tracks wherever they are? So giving people hopes is really, I feel that we are in the right uh, position to give people hopes, Uh, Mm -hmm. even though during this pandemic that we say there are solutions. Take the time to find out what they are.
0: I I like that. You know, you saw me writing it down because I was like, Oh, I need to be better. You know, and now, now that I have a, uh, I have a family, a small family, I got to think about these things. (laughs) Um, That is, that is so awesome. And speaking of which, you know, like for both of you, I think what's so special is um, you reach across the aisle to other communities Mm -hmm. and not really just focusing like on your own community. I mean, my relationship with my mom and I, you know, is ongoing. I'm always educating her about, like, me, like, even just who I am. I'm not a traditional Lao daughter. <laughs> let's let's just put it that way. Um, I'd love to hear from you. I mean, especially, you know, you're in North Carolina. You're in a, a, a different state. I'm in super progressive San Francisco Bay Area. So being different is normal, you know, here. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, the importance of reaching to other communities for you, and then being role models, you know, uh, for other women in your communities. And so we can start with Allie, and then we'll we'll hear sure. from Polly.
2: Um, you know, there, there's no there's no better time to, especially right now, right to to be able to check on everyone's well being within our circles, friends and families. Um, Everybody's going to need someone to perhaps talk to, to vent, uh, whatever. Uh, Life is a constant change. Life is all about changes, right? So we have to plan. (laughs) Constant change, constant plan, okay? That's what life is. I will say, you know, during this pandemic uh, time here, you know, it's, it's take a moment to to reset um, to think through and and looking at different um, views uh, to to perhaps learn taking courses explore um, it doesn't this is I think to me this is like once in a lifetime for for us um, when something like this happens so it doesn't happen often it is part of, I feel that this is part of you know, the earth is resetting itself, so therefore we have to reset ourselves too, um, mm. you know, to be able to, again, take a look and, and relax and, and and be humble and, and, you know, reaching out and helping one another. And definitely, you know, we get to sit down with our clients making phone calls um, and said, hey, how are you doing? Um, doing something like this, when coming from the financial services, we can tell them that, you know, let's take a look, especially our current clients, you know, um, or the new clients, we do the same thing. Let's take a look. Where are you spending? How are you spending? Where are you saving? And how can we help redirect your funds? Um, And of course, you know, on top with that, along the way, looking at taxes, you know, what is it like now? What is it like going to be next time? Do you think tax is going to go up or is it going to go down? But based on, um, you know, like Polly said, we spend a lot of time of educating, informing, and empowering people in which we love everything about that. I cannot see myself, um, just me, myself, and I I can't. I, I love people. I love the conversation. So to be able to say, you know, um, Where is the tax going to be? How do you plan, right? Um, Right now, we spend, uh, you know, every dollar we earn, uh, we pay about 20 cents, 30 cents tax on a dollar. So looking at our country as a whole, uh, we're getting a lot of these stimulus packages. We're spending the money that we don't have already to begin with. um, And then what's going to happen, you know, 10, 15 years from now? Um, especially for those that are getting ready to be tired, uh, Michelle, um, they don't have time to gamble in the market anymore, especially taxes too. Um,
0: yeah, I know. I'm a, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't want a future. I mean, I hope that, you know, I I, I want like 15 more golden years and then I'm like,
2: well, so, uh, you
0: yeah.
2: know. <laughs> a lot of time on those um, to be able to share and, and tell you know them, you know, share with everyone of what we know. Um, and then at the end of the day, people are smart, you know, um, when we tell them and they, of course, you know, they're, they're going to find out you know, some research and then they make a, bet- a better decision for themselves. And at the end of the day, when we're able to do that, it feels good, right? Polly? Mm-hmm. It feels good to be able to share the information with them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, to piggyback um, to that is, uh, Basically, you know, being a female, uh, being out in financial uh, service industry, um, you know, a lot of people, uh, I, I guess, um, a lot of people, you know, just just say that it, it's really tough, you know, to be a female uh, in a financial service industry. Um, but the way Ali and I, uh, the way we approach our community is to spend a lot of time educating. Um, You know, when we spend a lot of time educating, then ultimately they're going to be able to empower uh, their decision. Um, That has always been our end goal uh, when we're sitting down and talking to our clients. Um, Again, financial planning is something that is not one size fits all, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, Yeah. To to yeah. you know, to spend the time educating is where where uh, success is, wouldn't you say, Ali? Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I I you know what I appreciate and I can't believe it, but we've already spent an hour chit chatting with each other. This has been a wonderful, special API Heritage uh, program wow. for me. You know to connect with both of you. You know what I'm going to say is super important because I I'd, I'd always thought like. When I moved away from home, like it was better off that I stayed away because, uh, you know, I didn't want my mom to feel ashamed since I'm not a traditional loud daughter, you know. <laughs> and and she wanted me to marry. Um, she even tried to set me up with her her doctor, her gynecologist of all doctors. <laughs> That's how desperate my mom was. She wanted me to marry a man. And and so you know, for me to to come, you know, kind of get to an age where I feel comfortable with myself, but also very proud to be a a fellow Lao American. And then to share this space with both of you, where I'm like, I don't know, you know, if they know I'm LGBTQ, but uh, you you obviously do, because you had seen the program before and it didn't matter to you. So Mm -hmm. I want you to know like how important this moment is, you know, for me as a member of the LGBTQ community being invited in by, you know, my fellow Lao, American community and so I'd love for you to spend you know some time just talking about I think the importance of ensuring all of us in our community feel safe and accepted um and if this program was special for you.
1: Absolutely um I'll get started on that so to me um It's not what it is that you choose to be. It's not what it is that, you know, the lifestyle that you decide to be. But what I really am looking into a person is from their inside out, right? You know, from their inside out. And then, you know, you grow with that person and that respect the person, of who they are and the lifestyle that they choose. It has nothing to do with what they're choosing, right? So to me, um, we are born to be, um, there, there's the cells in in us uh, that I wanted to say that we are born to be kind. We are born to be giving. Uh, we are born to want to give love to other and other. You know you we would be craving for others to give us that love back, right, so every fiber of us here there's a lot of love there's a lot of caring and loving so uh, I, I I see you know I see you know in your environment, I say that's a beautiful thing because you know the worst part is to not being able to identify what you want,
0: mm. That yeah. is
1: the worst part that is very wasteful as a human being, that you are not going to stand up for yourself mm-hmm. as a female or even male, but female is worst, okay? So for, for us as an Asian community, we have been raised to obey. We have been raised to be submissive. Now imagine now that we want to be outside of our what, what we call the norm, and I can imagine the battles that, you know, for someone like you would have to go through that. But I give you, I give you my word when I say this. Thank you for standing up for what you believe in. Thank you for standing up for yourself and your belief. Thank you for being you. Because being you is what really making you to be powerful today. Right? Right. So yeah, and I love I love that I love that about you. So I would say, being you is what
2: is making us attractive to you. Mm-hmm. So you have that that gift, um, the difference, the goodness, the greatness. Um, can you imagine if we all are the same? Oh gosh, that would be boring. If anybody's like me, that's gonna be boring as heck. You know, so. Be you, do you. Um, once we can do, take care of ourselves, and everybody else will follow. Mm-hmm. That's very, very important. We're here temporarily. Um, whatever makes us happy, um, just just do it. You know, as long as we're not hurting other people. That's yeah. what my mom always tell me.
1: Um, uh, yeah. yeah. uh, Because, you know, I mean, like I said, being a woman, um, you know, we we have been raised to where we should not be speaking up, not to mention, you know, fighting for what we believe. Right. So that was a big no, no. Um, You know, thankfully today that I said I have my two kids. My daughter is 22 years old and I teach her to be her. I teach her, you know, to speak for yourself. When I was in a banking industry, I was in my late 20s and my early 30s my early because I did not know how to speak up for myself because I was not raised to speak up for myself. And that held me back many years of unhappiness. Mm. And then going forward, you know, we continue empowering other women, right, Ali, in our industry. That you know not I feel that not only that we become their advisors, but we also become their their counselor, and sometimes you know we become their uh marriage counselor as well, right <laughs> so to me i'm very honored to be able to share my personal experience and and then you know if if my stories really help them um, then you know that's what i'm hoping for for them to have a better lives, right? A better decision. And that being happy, when you're happy, you make other people happy. When you can take care of yourself, you can take care of other people. So kudos to you. Um, To me, I have a big respect, okay? Great respect for sure.
0: Well, that is such a positive note to end with, and I'm sad that we already spent an hour on the program. We could go on and on and on, but I think that that is just so incredible. It's the core value of uh, your business and your relationship with your, your sister, your business partner, um, and your community, which is leaving, you know, the uh, leaving the... Of course, you know, we're taping this all in our offices and our homes, so there's, like, motorcycles and and emergency trucks uh, all coming along. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but leaving this the earth a better place after you leave it, leaving generations more protected and more safe. Um, so I appreciate the work of both of you. And uh, I'm so elated that we got to spend and celebrate API Heritage Month together and be inclusive of the Lao American community. So thank you for joining me on the program.
1: Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It is a great awesome. honor. Uh, continue being you. Continue, um, you know, inspiring other people, Michelle. And your words are very powerful.
0: Yeah. Continue helping everyone. Okay. Yes. We're gonna, we're all in it together. We're going to do it together. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Michelle Miao Show. For our complete listing of more virtual programs, you can head to Commonwealth Club dot org slash online we'll see you next time